morning, what we're doing, you guys, is we are starting a, a kind of new four-part series and, and sort of picking up where we left off a few months ago, where we're doing a four-part series on toxic Christian beliefs. Ooh, just hearing those words, toxic Christian belief, feels a bit like an oxymoron. Feels, feels a little bit like, I don't know how I feel about that. Um, but we, when we talked about it last time, I felt like it was really productive, and I know a lot of you felt like it was, uh, it was, it was like a breakthrough for you, and we're kind of kicking that off. We did that, like I said, last year, and we talked about a couple of beliefs last year. We talked about the toxic belief, it's selfish to have my needs met. You guys remember that one? Yeah, and uh, the other toxic belief that we talked about was, I just need to give it all to God. I just need to give it all to God. And so, uh, you know, uh, these, these are really common beliefs. They're really commonly held. Maybe you just call them assumptions rather than beliefs or whatever. Um, but these common yet unbiblical beliefs, um, they can keep us from experiencing the life and the joy and the freedom that Jesus intends for us, Right? And Jesus says that he came to give us life and life more abundantly. And a lot of times when we sort of get a hold of one of these beliefs, what happens is, is it does just the opposite. We don't live life abundantly. And a lot of these beliefs really are rooted more in legalism than they are in the freedom that Jesus gives us. And so they will keep us from living in the freedom that he has for us. And so... Uh, I asked a few people, I said, what sort of Christian beliefs only brought pain into their lives? And they said things like, well, the, 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 the belief that forgiving means forgetting. And they talked about how that has brought pain into their lives. Um, or everything happens for a reason. That's another sort of toxic belief that will just cause you to spiral into mental and emotional exhaustion. You know, you get searching for a reason that doesn't exist. Have you guys ever searched for a reason that doesn't exist? I mean, I have. I have. You know, remember we talked a couple of years ago about questions that we ask ourselves that are counterproductive and why being one of the most, you know, counterproductive, energy-draining questions we'll ask. Everything happens for a reason. Another thing that, you know, somebody else brought up was, uh, you know, you know it's God when everything just comes together, Right? False, okay? And those on the worship team know that today because we ran into some, some technical hiccups and things like that. Everything doesn't just come together when it's God. And so, in fact, a lot of times when you face opposition, I would dare, I would dare to say that a lot of times when you're facing opposition, there's probably more of a chance that that's from God than when things just go slide on in, right? And so uh, the toxic belief that I want to talk about today and this was going to be a tough one. I don't know. I feel a lot of butt cheeks clenching already, and I haven't even said it. But the toxic Christian belief I want to talk about today is that God is enough to meet all my needs. God is enough to meet all my needs. Wow. Isn't that wise? a wonderful thing to say? But even as I say it, I feel the bristle. I'm feeling the bristle. God is enough to meet all my needs. How many of you have ever said that? I've said it. I've said it. Yeah, okay, Wendy and I, we're, we're not afraid to say that we have said that one. God's enough to meet all my needs. And, uh, uh, you know, it's, uh, 
just you can you know that that's enough to kind of make the religious spirits bristle. And and I've held on to this belief many times, times when I've been in pain, and I've said God is all I need, you know. And I've said that really not so much because the Bible says it, but because I say it to to try to make myself feel better, to try to you know sort of pacify the pain. Um, there's been times when you know what. I've really actually needed counseling, but I said that to give myself a pass out of it, right? right? What I really needed was counseling, and I'm like, yeah, but God is enough. God meets all my needs so that I can give myself a pass. There's been times when I wasn't prepared for a big project. I just wasn't prepared because I, I put it off, and, and I was lazy, or I was procrastinating, and I used that belief as a pass to get out of the education that I really should have taken or the training that I really should have gotten. Um, when we planted a church in Wisconsin, this is not our, our first church plant, we planted a church in Wisconsin, and, and I needed all of the above. I needed help with pain. I needed counseling. I needed education. I needed training. Um, uh, it was my mantra. God is all that I need. God is all that I need. And I was saying God is all that I need up until the day I closed the door to that church. Right? <laughs> and so we say, God, God's all I need. If God is all that we need, then, um, you know, why aren't more of us just more successful in the things we believe God has called us to do? So think about that for a moment. And, and maybe that has been a closely held belief for me. God is more than enough. More than enough. More than enough for me. If you've ever sung that song, you get special Christian points. And uh, when you get to heaven, you'll get an extra little pin on your robe because you sang that song in church. Does anybody remember that song? Yeah? Yeah. If you, Wendy's like, well, yes, I remember that song, but no, you're totally singing it wrong and butchering it. Yeah. <laughs> so, she, if you ever want to know how a song is supposed to go, ask Wendy. So... Uh, she's so funny. If you really want to get under her skin, sing a song, sing the chorus of a song, but get one note wrong, and sing that repeatedly. I'll tell you what, you'll get, you'll be on her list. And so, uh, it sounds wonderful. It really does. That that phrase, God is more than enough to meet all my needs. God is enough to meet all. My needs. It sounds so wonderful, but it's actually quite toxic. And I'm going to talk about why and what the word actually says. The first. Let's pray, okay? God, we love you. We praise you. God, you're good. You are good. You're awesome. And Lord, I pray that you would cause your word to come alive in us today. In Jesus' name, amen. So I, I want to start off by reading the words of Paul, the apostle. I've got kind of a longer, long-ish scripture today, and it's in 1 Corinthians. I love Corinthians. I think uh, First and Second Corinthians are wonderful, wonderful I mean, let's just call them a manual for doing church almost. You know, first, first and second Corinthians and then the book of Ephesians. They're wonderful, wonderful books that just say, this is how you do life together, folks. This is how you live together. This is how the church functions. But Paul is, is saying in first Corinthians chapter 12, verses 18 through 27, he says, but our bodies have many parts. Yeah? Everybody say many parts. Yes. And God has put each part just where he wants it. God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it only had one part, right? And so, yes, there are many parts, 
but only one body. How many know what, what Paul is talking about here when he's talking about this body? He's talking about the church, right? The church. I just wanted to, wanted to make sure that none of you were thinking Paul was talking about a literal body, right? Okay? And so he's talking about the church. So the eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. And the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen, while the more honorable parts do not require the special care. So God has put the body together in such a way that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members, so that all the members care for each other. Can I just say that part again? Just in case you missed Just in case. Just in case you were like, you know, tapping like on a Facebook post when I said that. All right? So that all the members care for each other. One part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. Ah! So just look at the person next to you and say, you're part of Christ's body. You're part of Christ's body, right? Each of you is a part of it. Each of you is a part of it. So listen, if you remember one thing this morning, I want you to remember this. I just want to break this down in simplest terms. Remember this. God's resources are distributed through others. God's resources are distributed through others. Okay? And so, yes, there are times. Yes, there are times when God's comfort, when God's healing, when God's wisdom and growth, and they come, and they come supernaturally, right? If, if you were here last week and you experienced a supernatural healing, which is really cool, that's awesome. But guess what? God still used somebody else putting their hand on your shoulder and praying for you for that to happen. <gasps> what? Okay? And so... It, it, God's resources, God's blessing, God's healing, God's come, all they, they're, they're distributed through each of us, through you and through me. It, they're distributed through others. And so most of the time in my life, and probably in your life, when you encounter God, you encountered him through someone else, and probably someone else at church, right? And so that's how God distributes his blessings. That's how God distributes his, his resources. It's, it's how God created us. It's how God created you and how God created me. God created us to live in community. God created us to live in community. God created us to need him, right, with a, a few needs. A lot of us love to not have needs. I think somehow or another, many of us, especially if you're like my age, uh, we, we grew up with this perception of the 80s action hero, and that's how we want to do our Christianity, right? No, we don't need anybody. I'm Schwarzenegger. I don't need anybody. I don't need, you know, I'm the guy who's, who's going who's gonna to live and last. I'm, I'm just coming out, guns are blazes. I'm strong. I don't need other people. And we love to not need other people because, you know, that's sort of a, a cultural thing. But God created us to need each other. Okay? And it comes through others to live in community, to need him, to need his word, to need his presence. And God created us to need each other. Wow. That's kind of crazy. As imperfect as we all are. Wouldn't you love it if you didn't need somebody else? Because a lot of us can't stand other people, right? 
Okay, full disclosure, there's a joke among pastors that goes like this. Ministry would be great if it weren't for people. <laughs> ministry would be the perfect job if it weren't for people. But if it weren't for people, we wouldn't have ministry. Ministry is all about people. And so, but God created us to need each other. In Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 9 through 12, let me tell you something first. It's not just for weddings. God didn't make sure that this verse got in the Bible so that we have something nice to say at weddings. But it says this, two people are better off than one, for they can help each other. Everybody say help each other. They can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other person can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated. But two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better. A triple braided cord is not easily broken. All right? So the God is enough belief tends to keep us isolated. Tends to keep us isolated. And you know, those of us who who, who tend to lean introverted, we kind of, we hear the word isolated and we're like, I'm okay with that. I'm all right with that. I have a friend who is an extreme extrovert and, and whenever I tell him I'm going to take a, a personal retreat or I'm going to go be alone for five days, he's like, that sounds like a nightmare, right? But for me, I'm like, yeah, that's great. So some of us, we hear isolated. Okay, well, there's nothing wrong with that. And if, if you know, so, and if we're not alone physically, what happens is, is we become alone in our struggles, we become alone in our needs, and we, come, we become alone in trying to grow spiritually. So I just want to talk about ways where God's blessings and resources are distributed through others. And uh, so the first thing is this, is that God helps us to grow through the help of others. God helps us to grow through the help of others. Okay. And Ephesians chapter 4, Paul makes this list of all the ways that people serve in the church, right? Why, why did God design it that way? Is because it helps us to grow through others. And that, that we all serve in these various capacities so that we mature in the Lord. And that's what Paul is saying, that he's given everybody these different gifts so that we can grow and mature in the Lord. In fact, uh, you know, I would say that spiritual formation, when you and I were talking about this not long ago, spiritual formation cannot fully happen without the presence of others. Spiritual formation cannot fully happen outside of community. And so, in fact, spiritual formation, not only does it not happen outside of community, spiritual formation happens for others. God doesn't just form us and grow us so that we can go, I'm growing, and I feel good about how I'm growing. I feel good about myself, about what I'm knowing, how I'm growing, where I'm not really going, right? And so it's because God forms us so that we can be more of Jesus' hands and feet for others. So he forms us through the presence of others, because if you don't have anybody in your life right now that's annoying you, then you're probably not really growing in patience. Right? A lot of times that that like growth that we experience in the presence of others, it happens from grasping. It happens from things, you know. Uh, I love the way E. Stanley Jones, the old, old, old evangelist, used to say, he'd say, if your surroundings and the people around you are rasping, use it to sharpen your soul. Right? And so 
Have you ever sharpened a knife? Do you sharpen a knife against a smooth surface? No, you sharpen a knife against a rough surface. And the people in our lives that drive us crazy, the community that gets on our nerves, the people that we have to forgive over and over again, those things sharpen us. Those things form us and shape us. Okay? And so a lot of times we get annoyed with community. I don't, okay. A lot of times I get annoyed with community. Okay? I don't want to put that on you because I know none of you ever get annoyed with community. You all just love it all the time. A lot of times I get annoyed with community, but it's in those times that I know that God is doing something in me. God is using the people around me. Even if those people don't realize it, God is using the people around me to help me to grow. Right? So it helps to put more of Jesus in me. I learn from you guys. I learn from other pastors. I learn from some great authors, but I learn in community. You guys learn from me. You guys learn from each other. And I just love it. The ladies on Wednesday night, they're talking about how they're learning, they're growing from each other. All right? And so it's, it's important to, you know, to dig into Scripture and to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit, but we need each other. Why? Because we, we gain perspective from each other. Because everybody brings with them their own perspective, and we gain perspective from each other. I love that. We learn from those who have gone before us, and we grow from wisdom and experience of other people around us. Okay? And so, oh, do you guys remember Gayla? Gayla Edwards? Remember her? She's been a while since she's been with us, but she was like 81 when she left. And I, I fortunately, now she's passed away, but fortunately, before she died, I recorded a testimony from her, of how she came to find Jesus and grow in Jesus. And I went back and I watched it the other day, and I'm, I'm just like in tears hearing this 81-year-old woman share her testimony. But that doesn't happen outside of community, right? And so I got to know her, and that's what I love. And then I need to tell you, you guys, you guys, all of you listen to me. After church today, walk across the room and go talk to somebody you haven't talked to before, Okay. Get out of your echo chambers and go and talk to somebody that you haven't talked to or you don't talk to much because you're going to learn some things and you're going to gain some perspective, okay, on the faith and on Jesus and, 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 I, and hear their testimonies. I'm, I'm serious about that, okay? And so because God created us to live that way. All right, next. God comforts us through others. Guys, sometimes, sometimes God comforts us directly like he did in Isaiah 49, 13. And I've felt God's comfort come on me before where I've just been in a time of prayer and worship, and I've felt that comfort. But you know what? Most of the time, God comforts me through the kind words of others, through, through hugs of others, right? Through the comfort of others. Even Jesus leaned on his friends during his darkest hour. Even Jesus, okay? And so uh, before he was being arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane in Matthew 26, 38, what did he do? He brought his three big main disciples with him. And he said, hey, you guys, stay with me and pray with me. Just pray with me for an hour, okay? Jesus even leaned on other people to gain comfort. So God comforts us through other people. And then the next thing is, it's very similar to the first one. We're talking about growth, but God helps us grow in wisdom with the help of others. He helps us to grow in wisdom with the help of others. And so uh, a lot of times, like when God causes us to grow spiritually, like I mentioned before, God imparts wisdom to us through others. And so, uh, you know, I don't know about you guys, but sometimes I, I like to go to a couple people and try to get some wisdom. Maybe somebody who's been through what I've been through. You know, we don't have to learn the hard way every time, do we? 
right? Some of us like to learn or seem to like to learn the hard way, right? But we can go to others and get wisdom, get wisdom. When I was in my 20s, there was a, a realization that came to me. I remember, I, I think I'd been, maybe I was engaged to be married, getting ready for married life, had my first apartment. I was really young, you guys. I was like maybe 20, maybe 21. And this realization came to me, and it hit me so hard. And it was this. I should have listened to my parents. <laughs> I should have listened to my parents. Okay, When I was 16, 17, they didn't know anything. I don't, I don't, I, I couldn't, I don't even know how they even buttoned their own pants. Right? Because I don't even know how you guys function in the world. You don't know a dang thing. When I was 20, it's like, you guys are Jesus. You're just, you're like crazy. I'm not worthy. Please impart wisdom to me. I should have listened a bit more. God imparts wisdom to us through other people. One of the things that I love about living in community is when I listen to people like Gayla, people who've been there 10 years, 10 years ahead of me, 20 years ahead of me. Um, even, even my dad, you know, uh, my, my dad, I, I wouldn't consider him the wisest person in the world, but he told me something when I was very young, and that was this, and that was he'd say this, and he probably said this 100 times. You gotta listen to those old people. Listen to those old people. If if an old person wants to sit and talk to you, you sit and you listen. He'd spend a lot of time at the bar, and and sometimes I'd see him and he'd be sitting on a bar stool next to somebody thirty years older than him. And uh, these this was back in the eighties, so usually that person was telling him stories about World War II and things like that. But we grow in wisdom when we gain diverse perspectives. We grow in wisdom. When, you know, like I said, when we're not in an echo chamber and we're just kind of sitting around chatting with our buddies, your buddies are great. But guess what? If your buddies are like your age and you're kind of sitting there chatting with your, your echo chamber, you're missing out on a whole lot of wisdom, a whole lot of wisdom and a whole lot of perspective. And so uh, to grow in wisdom, we need uh, we need diverse perspectives, even perspectives that we disagree with. Right. Because if all we do is we listen and we talk with people that we agree with all the time, we're not growing in wisdom. All we're doing is, is we're looking for people to reinforce our bias. And when we're just reinforcing our bias, guess what? We're not growing. When, we, when we're just looking for people to reinforce our bias, all that we're doing is we're, we're puffing ourselves up. We're going, see, I'm smart. See how smart I am? Other people agree with me. Other people agree with me. In fact, all the curated content that the internet serves me even agrees with my bias, right? Because that's the way the internet works. It's, 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 it's set up to, it's, you know, Google is not a search engine. It's a content curation platform. So is YouTube. It's not a search engine. It's a content curation platform, and it's, and it's curating and serving up content to confirm your bias so that you'll keep doing more, so that you keep reading more, you'll keep watching another one. And then we feel so smart because all these people agree with us. But what we need is diverse perspectives, and we don't get that in isolation. Okay? And so God puts people in our lives so that we don't have to make the same mistakes they did, so that we can bypass some of the learning curve and avoid some serious pitfalls and obstacles. Right? Listen, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go with others. Yeah? Think about that for a second. If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go with others. And so living in community helps us to go further, to grow further. All right? And then the last thing 
is that God often brings healing through others. God brings healing through others. Just like when Jonathan encouraged David in 1 Samuel 23, we have the blessing of encouraging others. We have the blessing of bringing hope to each other. I remember when, when my dad died in 2019, and I'll just tell you honestly, when my dad died, it felt like a shotgun to the chest. Um, it, it was probably one of the most painful things that I'd ever been through in my entire life. And there was so much pain. There was so much confusion uh, to unravel in this. And uh, it, was, it, was, uh, it was very, 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 very difficult. And since I'm not from the Quad Cities, um, it was, I felt especially alone in that grief, right? I didn't have family. I couldn't, I couldn't just go to, you know, a family member's house. I couldn't just drive over to my mom's house. I couldn't just, you know, all I had was my immediate family. And, and then that was it. But during that season, my church family was the hands and feet of God. It was my church family. And so I didn't, I didn't have family to go to, but I had a church. I had, I had people here that, that came up to me and would give me a big hug and tell me that it's going to be all right and pray for me and pray for me. In fact, uh, because of all of the kind of confusion and weirdness around my dad's death, there was no, um, I didn't even know when the funeral was going to be. You really know, there's months off, you know, weeks are passing and nobody's talking about a funeral. Nobody's talking about a service. And so it was my church family that said, we'll come out and we'll have a service for him right here, right? And it was my church family and, and believing friends from other churches. They came out and they, they came and they said goodbye to my dad with me. And, and they hugged me and they prayed for me and they comforted me. And God met my need for healing and he met that through other people, through my church family, through my church community. And I you know, if I wouldn't have been a part of a community during that season of my life, I, that would have, I don't even know what, what would have happened. Like, I would probably still be trying to heal from that, you know, three years later. And it was my church family that came out and was the hands and feet of God because God's resources are distributed through other people. That's how he works. And so this idea that, you know, I can stand alone on an island and God's just going to meet all my needs is erroneous because God chose to put in us a need for others. God chose to distribute his blessings, to distribute his resources through others. And so um, as, as I wrap up today, and I just kind of want to maybe just take a minute to examine the areas where this toxic belief has held us back from reaching out to his people. And sometimes it's pride. Sometimes we don't like to, you know, be the guy with the need. We always want to be the guy or the gal who is meeting needs, not reaching out with needs. But sometimes we have this toxic belief, right, that holds us back from reaching out to other people. And, and in fact, I would even say, you know, maybe you need to reach out to somebody today. You know, maybe you're hurting today and you need to reach out. Maybe, maybe reaching out to you today might be going and getting prayer. We've got, got, got a full prayer team today. We've got three people on our prayer team today. And every one of them have told me that they're not leaving until they pray for somebody today. <laughs> I want you to get prayer. But uh, Wendy, would you come up uh, for just a minute? And, uh, and I just want to pray for you. I feel like 
I feel like this is kind of a holy moment, and I don't want to move on to closing worship until the Holy Spirit has sort of said what he's going to say or do what he's going to do. And I just want to pause just for a minute. Did you have anything? It's ruminating. Okay, that's good. Well, that mic is un, unmuted, so you can use it. But um, let's just close our eyes for a second. Invite the Holy Spirit to come. Holy Spirit, come. Come and have your way. Lord, we, we, are, we are your imperfect hands and feet, but we're your hands and feet nonetheless. Lord, I pray that you would break down walls of pride. Break down those walls that keep us from accepting that you work through others, even towards us. like the Lord might be saying to some here today he's just saying don't be afraid don't be afraid don't be afraid I'm just um, sensing that there's someone here who you have been um, praying for and waiting for God to do a specific thing in you. Like um, it's either like a uh, emotional healing or um, freedom from something. But you're just you've been praying for something, and it's. Um, you're frustrated because it's not happening and I feel like God is saying that he wants to um, use others to help you but that you're going to have to take that first step like people don't always see our pain just by looking at us we're pretty good at you know putting on our masks and um, the hardest part is just asking and um, I just feel like he wants you to take that step of faith, if that's you, to ask. And it, it could be one of the prayer team. It could be a good friend. It could be uh, just someone in this room, wherever you feel safe to do so. But um, but he wants you to ask um, for, for prayer and for help with that. And so if that's you, I would encourage you, like our prayer team, that they're they keep everything confidential. They're very um, um, discreet and loving and non-judgmental. So if, 
if you don't know who to go to, I would I would suggest you go to one of them and allow them to pray with you today. But I just feel like in step with what Lee was saying about not being afraid, I, I feel like God wants you to take that step today. Amen. Well, hey, um, prayer team is heading for the back. The worship team wants to come back. Um, that would be fantastic. And why don't you all stand with me and let me say a prayer for you all. Oh, wait. Mm, yes. Okay, hold on. So oftentimes, maybe we feel like we don't have um, anything to give or, you know, you're like holding back from giving that away. But um, you're going to have to receive mm. God's power, God's healing, you, you have to receive it in order to impart it to yeah. someone else. So hold your hands out, ask God to give you what you need. And, you know, I could even pray for that now if you would like. Okay, why don't you all stand and, and uh, if that is, if that sounds like you, go ahead and, and receive. Mm-hmm. Just lift up your hands. Linda's going to pray for you. Yeah. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we know that you, the triune, you created yourself in community. You, Lord, bring about community just by your existence. So, Father, don't let us stand alone and help us to receive, Lord, what it is that you would have for us to receive so that we can give it to each other and this community and not only this church, but in the community of Moline and the state of Illinois and the county of Rock Island and even into the world, Father. So our hearts and our minds and our spirits are just open for what it, whatever it is, Lord, that you have for us. Come, Holy Spirit, fall, fall upon us. Fill us up. Give us what we need. Give us that part of us that makes us the eyes, the feet, the ears, the nose. Those parts that that others may not feel like are important, those are so essential. So Holy Spirit, come. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.